Right. Jim. I picked up this uh, little testimony story from uh, Jeremy. And I, I want you to kind of listen to it, but I also want you to kind of get the flavor of it because I'm looking that this might be a feature starting next week where we begin to tell one another of our, uh, either our adventures that we've had or the adventures that we're going for. So kind of this is sort of to introduce the idea uh, so that next week it's over to you. You with me? With or without the music, okay? Yes. Okay, I'll try and keep this <clears throat> uh, not too long. Um, whilst keeping all the relevant details in there at the same time. Um, so I'm someone generally who likes to have a plan and to know what's going to happen when. And every so often God just challenges that tendency in me and just reminds me that he's the one with the plan and not me. Um, and this happened a bit earlier this year. Um, it was a nicely planned out day. It was my nan's birthday. And the one thing she asked us that she wanted for her birthday was to visit this particular art exhibition that was happening in a London gallery. And it was my job to organize this and make sure we had tickets to go see this exhibition. Um, and I thought I'd be fine. You know, I don't have to book too far in advance. I'm sure there'd be plenty of space. I looked two weeks before the exhibition and it was completely sold out for the day. So what that meant was me and Peter had to go on the Saturday, queue up in this uh, art gallery for, uh, just when the doors opened to make sure we got tickets for, for later in the day. So the plan was me and Peter were going to London, queue up for an hour, two hours, however long it took, book a slot for later in the day. Then the rest of my family would come with my nan later on and we'd have a nice... Uh, look around this art gallery. So me and Peter get there bright and early, uh, just chatting. I think at the time we we're chatting about the coffee shop. It's on my mind a lot of the time, but on that particular morning, I can't remember what the issue was, but we were just chatting a lot about the coffee shop. What could happen? What could we do? Um, and we're in this queue, queuing for this, this art exhibition, and it becomes apparent that we're queuing to go in now, not for later. They're not giving out tickets for later in the day, so you can't book a ticket for a later slot. You have to queue for now, which is no good because my nan and my mom and my dad and the rest of my family were at home, and they were coming in later. So I completely messed up, and we were just, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? So I kind of very apologetic phone call home. How are we going to do this? My nan said, no, it's fine. I'm happy to wait. I'll, I'll come later. So we decided uh, that she would come later in the day, about sort of midday. We queue for however long it took, and they were saying it was about two hours to queue, and then we go into the art gallery but me and Peter were there sort of several hours early in London with nothing to do in the middle of this queue about halfway through it thinking, what, what do we do? So it's pointless us being in the queue because when we get to the front, we're, we're just going to get into the gallery now and there's no point in going to the gallery now. So we're like, we might as well just leave the queue and do something. But we just thought about it. We thought, actually, we don't feel that we should leave the queue. We didn't realize why. But we just felt that we should stay in the queue and go right to the front of the desk. For some reason, we thought, okay, maybe God's going to give us miraculously tickets for later in the day. Maybe that's going to happen. So we had faith. We prayed about it, stayed in the queue, and then struck up a conversation with the couple who happened to be behind us. Turns out they were Christians and started talking to us, and they ran a coffee shop uh, that was run by their church. And so we're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe What are the chances? Like, 
the whole of London, this particular art gallery, happened to be standing next to in the queue, this couple. Anyway, it was a really encouraging conversation. They really encouraged what we were doing. Um, it was the day before we were going out to uh, pray in the park with the young people, and they were so excited about that. They said, we'll be praying for you. She had a bad back. We were able to pray for healing for her. He gave Peter a prophetic word, and they just really encouraged us and said, we're, we're crazy. We do crazy stuff. Sometimes we just... Uh, leave and go to different countries because God tells us to do that. And it was just a really encouraging conversation. So that was clearly why God had us to wait in the queue when we thought we were going to leave. Anyway, when we finally did get to the front of the desk and didn't get tickets for later on in the day, which we were hoping for, we kind of thought, okay, so God, we've got this day. What do you want to use it for? Um, Our plan's out the window. We've got a few hours to kill. And we just had that freedom to actually think "Our, our plan is on hold God can literally do whatever he wants. So we wandered around for a bit. We saw this homeless guy and started talking to him and just felt a nudge to do that. And it turns out he really needed socks. And he had trench foot. So we prayed for healing for his trench foot. And then we thought, right, we've got to buy socks. But the place in London where it was, there were no sort of cheap shops. There was only like really posh kind of boutiques. So we walked into this shop and it was the kind of shop where someone like grabs you and gives you a tour around the shop and says, what, what would you like to buy, sir? And so me and Peter were just really sheepishly going around all the kind of barber clothing and stuff that was like way out of our price range and said, ah, do you know where the socks are? (laughs) And so we bought the most expensive pair of socks I've ever seen and will ever buy and gave it to this homeless guy and just thought it was hilarious that that would happen. Anyway, so that, that was cool. Then we moved on and we started seeing unopened food everywhere, just all over on the street. We're like, is God trying to get us to give this to the homeless guy? So we saw like a box of cakes that was completely unopened and untouched. Then we got to this statue and there was a full baguette, uh, cheese and ham baguette still wrapped in his wrapper at the foot of the statue. And we're like, what is going on here? In the end, our rationality got the better of us and we didn't give it to the homeless man. But looking back, I think actually God was trying to teach us that sometimes you have to give monetarily, sometimes he's going to provide for us. But it was a learning journey. Anyway, we got home at the end of the day. We actually had a nice time in the gallery with, with my nan. But we got home, and I looked on my Instagram feed, uh, which for those of you who don't know, it's like a social media thing on your phone that gives you updates. And someone posted a a quote, a Christian guy, and he said, uh, nothing unites us more with God's heart than extravagant giving to the poor, which was that day. I was like, oh my goodness, God, you're amazing. Like, you're with me in the middle of this. And what it showed me that day, it's every so often I'll have a day like that, you know, once in a blue moon where my agenda goes out the window, God says, right, this is what we're doing today. And it was just so exciting for me and Peter to be in that, in the moment doing that. But I just thought, that's so exciting, and every day should be like that. It may not be the same uh, sort of random sequence of events, that same sense of trepidation and adventure, and God, what would you have us do, should be our daily expectation. Um, and also just the fact that he was with me. What I found so exciting about that day wasn't the stuff that we did. It wasn't the craziness of the stuff that we did. It was the fact that he was with me and he said that. When I looked at my phone at the end of the day, he was like, no, I saw that you gave that, those socks to the homeless guy. That was me. That was my heart. I wanted to teach you something about my heart that's extravagant and fun and adventurous and unexpected. Thanks, Jeremy. That, that's really good because it, it kind of gives us a, <clears throat> an applied idea of the kind of thing we're talking about. Sound like fun? Well, there were some hairy moments, weren't there, really? You know, he's, Nan's going to disown him, you know, he's cut him off from a great inheritance. <clears throat> but what was the key? Think through a minute. What was the, what was the key moment? 
when they just received the nudge to go to something that wasn't logical, to stay in the queue. That was the key moment. Think through. If they'd have left the queue, then the rest couldn't have followed. And then, I think because they did that, then God says, okay, you seem to be up for something. Let's roll a couple of other things along. Let's, uh, let's stretch you a little bit on spending your money. You know? Uh, and the, the guy, the homeless guy, the socks, I mean, it was all part of the adventure. And did you pick up what he said? They got home thinking, what a great day. See, we can have lots of great days, but this is a great day with God. And I, when I, I read that, I saw Peter, uh, Jeremy was telling me about that. <clears throat> I thought, this, this is a kind of example of, that, that God is giving us of how we can be, what, what we can expect from him in these days. Yeah? You kind of get in the flavor? Yeah, have fun. Enjoy. You've only got one life. Might as well live it to the full. Yeah? I think that's what it says, doesn't it? I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Yeah. Thank God he didn't say, I've come that you should have meetings and have more and more of them. Imagine that. All right. So last week, just to quickly recap, we looked at the things that God had been saying, um, preparing us for this time. a number of preparatory things conditioning us about good soil, about changing mindsets, about the God of intervention. And we defined adventure, and we'll stick with that theme, as an unusual, daring, risky, and exciting experience. Most of us kind of rise to the idea of exciting experience wouldn't mind missing out the daring, risky, and unusual, but, you know, the things come together, and we don't get to choose the one without the other. We spent some time looking around the story of Caleb. In fact, Caleb visited us and uh, impressed us considerably. Do you remember? You don't. Okay. Do you remember, Caleb? Yes, yes. He told us about his adventure uh, into the promised land. And how bold he was to claim the things that God had said. And uh, that he never wavered as he trudged around the wilderness for 40 years, seeing his peers die and hear all the moaning and groaning, enough to dampen anybody's spirit, but he never changed. He saw the challenges. He didn't deny them, but saw that God was stronger. So our adventure is definitely wherever the cloud is. That's where our adventure is. And it's, it's always fueled by what God has done and what God has said. Uh, they're the, they're, that's the basis for it. So let's come back to the Jeremy and Peter story. It was God who kind of said, stay here in the queue. See, God started it off. God carried it through, and God brought it to conclusion. And that's what we are looking for. And then at the end, you had the opportunity to sign that contract, inviting the Holy Spirit to make you discontent with the status quo. 
and uh, we could put it up there again. Many of you signed that, said, yeah, I'm up for this. I, I want to go with this. And um, ask God to help you spot opportunities for adventure and drop things in your heart. And you made a promise to step out. You remember that? You remember that? Yeah, remember it enthusiastically. It is, I'm not announcing a visit to the dentist. I'm saying, you know, this is, this is fun. All right. It's amazing. All right, that's just a film, but the, the kind of interventions uh, and the kind of excitement we're, an adventure we're signing up for will include and require those kind of uh, interventions. That was just a film, just a story. I must watch that one day. So today we want to talk about timing, which is very key to the spirit of adventure. So uh, we'll ask, why now? Why, why, why are we kind of focusing on this now? And in a moment I'll show you a little diagram. And then we'll look at the story of Esther, because uh, she had to, what she had to do to get the timing right. And then we'll ask God for a, a sample of adventure. When many years ago we were, the whole move of God of restoration of church, new church, God restoring to his church, some of the, the ministry gifts that had somehow fallen into disuse, the very nature of how God wanted us to be as those who love him and love one another and live as though they did, all those things uh, was, a, was a very radical time. There were a number of key people that God raised up. And there was a kind of senior person amongst them who was a kind of scholar and was respected by a number of them called Arthur Wallace. He wrote a number of books. Some of you have read them. And I remember um, Arthur. It was a very interesting, a very noble guy, but a very humble guy. Uh, his... I remember staying at his house once and, uh, you know, to me, he was, he's like the, 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 the father of all this stuff that's happening across the nation. Um, but the Christ-likeness came across in him, just desire and willingness to serve and to do whatever they could to, to make me comfortable there. And I thought, hmm, when somebody exhibits those kind of Christ-like Attitudes and God is anointing them in, in, in such an, an amazing way. You take notice. One of the things I remember Arthur saying uh, to a number of us uh, one day, he said, Brothers, you need to know God's mind, but you also need to know his moment. The issue of timing, God's moment, is very key and very, very important. Last week, uh, after I'd been sharing, Mark came and brought a prophetic word, which I think is, is available, you can listen to it again, but a very clear, confirming prophetic word about now. Now's the time for release. Now's the time in God for this next stage. Dave who did this excellent Caleb monologue, I'd asked to go to the children. 
I forgot about Eureka. And I was kind of kicking myself afterwards. I thought, oh man, that should have included that. Just didn't clock that they would be out then. When Martin came back, he was taking Eureka. He said, I've been hearing about you. You know what I've been talking about? He said, I've been talking about adventure. And I don't know, these things combine together to kind of confirm to me one that this is something that God is saying very clearly. Uh, this is the time. In the week, um, Annabelle sent me an email and she said, I thought you might like to know uh, the birthday card I sent to Steve about a month ago. And she gave me a picture of it. You can't see it from there, but you know what it says? Adventure is waiting. Uh, now, you can say these are just little things, but to me, the nature of God speaking comes in many ways like this. And of course, the main thing <coughs> is because the cloud has moved. Can you imagine what it was like? You know, they'd settled down in that particular area of the wilderness, probably got the kids settled in school, the cucumbers were beginning to grow, whatever it was they were growing, no, they weren't growing anything. Uh, and then they come out of their tent one day, oh no, the jolly clouds moved. Up we got to go again. Not necessarily the most convenient or the most comfortable, but the fact of the matter is, if the cloud moves, we have to move, and that's vital and necessary. What was okay for yesterday is not okay for today. So let me show you this thing that I picked up about 10 or 12 years ago. And uh, I think it's, it's actually a management, um, some kind of management training thing. But um, the fact of the matter is it all comes from the kingdom anyway. Most of what they learn comes from there. So this... Is a wave. All right. You've got to use your imaginations a little bit. Here's the point. Right. Should I move this along? Or? Oh, thank you very much. I think you're all right. I don't care what everybody else says about it. Yeah. Right. Here's the key thing. Here's the ascendancy, all right? And obviously, here's the downside. Now, the key point that is made is this, and this is the bit I want us to get hold of. It is determined that about here is the point when you must move to the next wave. While there is still the ascendancy, while there is still the development, if you move later on here... Not there, because there's still the, 
the, if you like, the momentum. Let's call it the momentum. If you move, say, anywhere down this point, you're moving at a time when, uh-oh, things are going wrong, things are declining, this is not a good time to go, uh, or we've got to go, um, we don't have any opportunity to choose about this. This is like a, an urgent place. It's, it's like a, almost a point of trying to, not desperation, trying to kind of pick up what was lost. This came back to me when I was beginning to get this sense from God when I was asking him what's next. Clearly, on this setting, this is the, if this is the ascendancy, this time to move into the, into the next wave is very, very key. Could you see that enough to understand that? Yeah? Okay. All right. We come back to that if necessary. So let's have a little look about that. Um, why are we saying about on the um, upward trajectory? Well, let's think about what we said we're looking for uh, in the broad place uh, as God began to speak to us. There were three things particularly. There were a lot of things, but three particular things. There was the advance for children and youth. There was more of the Holy Spirit, and there was a clearer gospel. This was all what we were expecting as we went into the broad place in the ascendancy. Clearly, that's what's happening. The testimonies that we're hearing, and we heard some this morning uh, from the children, um, we, we, we'll capture more of those, but some of the things that they're hearing God and coming out with clearly means that we're, we're entering a new and developing a new level of, of a spiritual sensitivity in the children and seeing things happening and uh, kids rising up to be baptised and so on and so forth. Then, of course, we're right in the midst of the shout thing involving a whole host of different activities and children. And then, of course, on the youth, we've seen more young people added and uh, a development there. More of the Holy Spirit. Well, just think about the testimonies that we've heard. Uh, some fantastic, some great testimonies. Uh, I think we were, we were away one week and there was three or four testimonies. I remember one uh, from, uh, from Rob. And uh, there was three or four and we sat and listened uh, on, the, on the download thing. I thought, wow, this is... This is, this is good. This is, this is, this is, don't you think? Yeah. So, the flow of God's word. I mean, God's so faithful in the, the way he's continually speaking to us. The worship uh, as we seek to ascend there. Then the clearer gospel. See, I'm still talking about this, this sort of upward flow, this particular point in the wave foundation you know the foundation course as we finish one we're having to start another and that's gone on for a while and that's the nature of God choosing to uh, add to us key people at this time and then the contacts that we're uh, seeing uh, through coffee shop and hub and uh, personal connections uh, and again the quality of testimonies and then of course the uh, the doors of opportunity. Uh, I mean, this is all part of the clearer gospel. Uh, as, we, as we seek to bring God's heart and God's mind. 
as we look to see what he wants and as he empowers us in that. Whether it's through the things I've just mentioned or as we've sought to develop things like uh, Community Connect, giving us open doorways into a, a variety of places. Look at the overseas, um, particularly the Sierra Leone grants. That's two big lottery and one comic relief. Uh, over, that, over the period of time, totaling about one and a half million so that we can really have impact into that nation. And then the influence that we continue to have because of the credibility that's been built over the years uh, in the local um, borough and uh, more recently as we've drawn together the Green Lane businesses uh, and uh, become a catalyst in that. And, uh, and then as, we, as we're looking... Uh, in the, in the national field with faith action, the favour of God and the goodness of God causes us to feel uh, we're on that ascendancy and the, there's a number of green shoots of things taking place. So timing. Psalm 84. It's one of the very, very important psalms. You know, if you look back over the years, there's a, a number of scriptures and prophetic things that have been very, very important to us. Psalm 84, blessed are they whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Never needing to stop learning. Never needing uh, to just rest here, but constantly moving on, ready to access what God wants. I kind of find an accord um, with Paul in 1 Corinthians 16 when he talks about a great door of effective work, opportunity. But of course, uh, in order to make that move and the importance of making that move um, before we reach the apex of, of the wave is this great danger of resting or coasting you even see it in the commercial world, don't you? You're mostly aware uh, about the demise of British home stores. You know, some of you uh, would have seen that as something that you grew up with and kind of always going to be there, you know, like Woolworths, you know? And, you know, they were very successful. But they rode out the momentum... They didn't move with the times. They didn't move in the good time onto the next thing. See, there's a great danger of doing that, just riding out the momentum. And if we, if we kind of coast, if we take our foot off the pedal, there's a great danger of what the Bible warns us about being lukewarm. Delay, if, if we delay that moment, if it's like God's timing, God's moment, then we end up trying to operate under pressure. Because you have to be real careful that if we focus on all the things that I'm talking about, there's a great danger of, of saying, hey, this is good. Why are we going to, why, why move? Why look for something more? Because there the danger is you focus on things rather than what God is saying. And uh, the day we do that, the, we, we, we miss the plot. We can never focus. We rejoice at what God's doing, but we have to focus on 
what you say. You know, and there's always the tendency, um, this is great, you know, we've got more people, and, and you know that, if it ain't broken, don't fix it kind of mentality. Um, yeah, I don't want to rock the boat. So we have to guard against that. We have to look and say, wait a minute, let's, let's take that there may well be something in this. That at that point, that's where we make the move. This is where we're talking timing. So we're going to introduce Esther. So, how did I end up here? A young Jewish girl chosen by the king as his queen. But he doesn't know that I'm Jewish. Everything is okay. I have no reason to tell anyone. You know how life is normal sometimes. And then it starts to get more tricky. I wrote in my diary what happened. My cousin Mordecai had uncovered a plot to kill the king and had in fact saved his life. But he had also refused to bow before Haman, a high up official in the palace. Haman was a furious, proud man, and he plotted a decree that all Jews should be killed. And he proposed it to the king, and the king agreed. And the decree was written and sealed with the king's seal. They even set a date, the 7th of March the following year. Word was spread. Messengers riding on horseback through the night. I can remember the horses leaving the palace as I watched from the window. The sound of their hooves and the clouds of dust. They were gone to all the provinces to stir up those that would fight and to put fear in the hearts of the Jews, my people that would be put to death, women and children, everyone. It seemed like the message was loose, unstoppable, like a cork taken from a bottle of poison when you know the scent will kill you. Mordecai was beside himself with grief, and he sent me a message asking me to speak to the king. I had seen the decree sealed with the king's seal, and it was plain. Now what do I do? No one was allowed to approach the king unless he called for them by name, even me. And he hadn't summoned me for 30 days. It was against the law. Yet, I knew the urgency. I remembered the horses leaving that night, carrying the message of death to my people. And I remember Mordecai's words. Who knows? Maybe you were made queen for such a time as this. I knew I had to do it. My life had prepared me for this moment. I dressed. I put on my scarf. This scarf. And these slippers. Every step... Every step, I remembered how I came to be here. 
My God, who had carried me till now, how I had been given a family and a home with Mordecai when my parents had died, and how I had been chosen out of all the other women as queen. And so I walked, the longest walk, to approach the king, not knowing if I would lose my life through the outer courts, the middle courts, to the inner courts where I knew the king was. I looked only ahead, not catching the eye of the servants on either side. They knew well enough that I had not been invited to see him, and they knew the penalty if he refused me. I reached the throne room. The door opened, and there was the king on the throne. I stepped over the threshold. There was no turning back. I looked down at my slippers as I stepped in. Here I am. Me and God. If I die, I die here. It mattered too much for me to step back now. If God doesn't meet me now, I am finished. Maybe this is my moment. Did you ever find yourself in that place? Thank you very much. That really makes a point, doesn't it? Yeah? You know, I'm just thinking if... That's a very dramatic and... very dangerous situation. Very few of us are caught. But the stepping out, the being prepared to do what God says in the given situation, to receive that nudge, to actually respond to what he wants is key for every one of us. Whether we talk about the person that we work with or we're at school with, whether we talk about the fact that, I think I said last week or recently, the truth of the matter is God reserves unto himself in every generation a remnant who are responsible for that generation to show what he's like. We're part of that. I don't know to what extent and how broad and what significance in terms of this world's terminology. I do know that it's God's world and that he wants something and people that show what he's like. And the more I see of what goes on, not just, the, not just the sort of violence and the corruption. But I'm aghast. In fact, the newspapers are picking it up today about the behaviour of our politicians. Scaremongering. Manipulating. You know, I think the latest thing you're all going to... You know, once you get to the age of getting a bus pass, you're going to lose it. Well, 
I mean, that might not be completely soul-destroying, but, but or we're going to be overrun by everybody in the world. I mean, God has a different plan. God has a different purpose. And I want us to understand that it may not be in the wide field, although there are possibilities already of having that influence and seeing. We don't know where that's going to go. What we do know is that in every situation, whether it's corporately or individually, we will have those moments where we can choose to say, I am up to take the risk to go with God and to, to experience this adventure always better afterwards than sometimes during it. <laughs> the real nature of adventure. So how do we do it? What are the, what are the steps to getting into this place, this issue of critical timing? Mordecai says to Esther, perhaps you come into this kingdom for such a time as this. Well, if we believe what God says, we're here for such a time as this. You're in your school for such a time as this. You're in the gym for such a time as this. You're in the shop for such a time as this. You're in your workplace, wherever it may be. You're in your own family for such a time as this. Because our times are in his hands. All through the story of Esther, we see God arranging circumstances really unknown to her. See, he had a wider plan. She didn't know that plan. All she had to do was to be obedient to the thing that was given her at that particular time. Well, I guess she might have felt she's kind of comfortable. She's keeping her head down. She hadn't been called for 30 days. But it requires us to trust him and follow his timetable. There's a very solemn warning in Luke 19 about the failure to, to recognize God's moment, God's timing. Uh, it's a critical thing. We want to catch God's timing. We see other scriptures. Remember the story of the um, parable of the uh, virgins with the oil in their lamps waiting for the bridegroom to come and the awful failure of those who missed the timing. 2 Kings 19 almost wows that we came to the point of birth and didn't have strength to deliver. Issues of God's timing. Proverbs 24, a little sleep. A little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, missing out on God's purpose. There's a lot of warnings. So the issue is to be tuned in, alert to God's time. Secondly, in the steps that God gives us that we learn from this, the issue of right relationship. Very, very important that Esther's relationship to her uncle, her willingness to hear, her willingness to respond to what he brought, demonstrates a right relationship, very, very key to 
walk in the mind and purpose of God. He's there to remind her of her calling and her responsibility and her opportunity. It's a good idea to walk with those who see the grapes rather than just seeing the giants. Yeah. Proverbs 24, uh, sorry, Proverbs 13 tells us if you walk with the wise, you become wise. Guys, let's be smart about our relationships. You know, we want to we walk and we want to connect with the people that are seeing the grapes, not just the giants. Don't you? Yeah. Thirdly, there had to be a laying aside of some of the kind of logical deduction. You know, she could think quite clearly what happened to the queen before her, Vashti, who didn't do what the king said. She was out the door. That would be there in her mind. In her mind was the issue she's some orphan of a Jewish background. Things that would seek to undermine. But there's a, a point of forgetting those things. As Philippians 3 tells us, forget those things which are behind. When I was looking at this, I don't often look in lamentations. You know, I think if I, I need calming down, I might have a look there. You know. But I was looking, I, I was referred to that. That the scripture in Lamentations 1 that talks about if they didn't consider their destiny, there was an awesome collapse. We have to keep focus before us and convinced of God's purpose. If we're not, we're very vulnerable to the enemy and his lies. Number four. Four steps. I'll give, give you a fifth one in a minute. Kingdom is taken by force. It's action. It's not passive. It's not static. It's actually doing something. Matthew 11. Forceful men take the kingdom. And interestingly, as you go on a little bit in the story, you find that Esther suddenly starts giving orders and uh, and. And proposing this action and that action. Catch that momentum of the wave. Number five. Absolutely critical is the oneness and unity. The togetherness. 1 Corinthians 1. A vital necessity. The appeal from Paul because he knows that when brethren dwell together in unity, God commands the blessing. God looks for a people. In a team, we've often said this, team, we, we tend to think it is task. But God's purpose, that's just a byproduct. God's purpose of team is to identify and operate in oneness and unity. God's purpose is always that. It's unity, it's oneness, so that he can command the blessing. So, you know, um, sometimes when you, you kind of enter into something, uh, you get an opportunity for a, a sample. You know, uh, I like it. I was in a, a grocery place in, in the States and I was ordering some, some uh, 
um, sliced meat, cold, cold cuts. And they always give you a taster. And I think if you play that rightly, you could, you, 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 know, you could have lunch there for nothing, you know. <laughs> I know someone, no names, who loves samples. When they've been giving them out in the street, they have encouraged me to walk past twice. To <laughs> How about asking God for a sample? You signed up. You said, yeah, I, I, I want this. What about declaring this a sample week? Sample. Because then you can cross, if you decide you don't like it, you can cross it out. You get a kind of what they call a calling off period, so you can just say, no, no, not for me. I'm pretty safe in saying that because I know once you've tasted it, you'll be hooked. So, a sample. Start off by praying, God will give you an adventure. A sample. This week, ask God to give you a nudge to do something. Let's get started. Yeah? Let's go for it. While it's kind of with us, while we're kind of knowing God's moment, while we're at this point, you know, where we're, we're ready to leap off. You know, corporately, we're kind of doing this, what I was talking to you about on Tuesday, all the property stuff and the conference and... Yeah, we're kind of getting into that. Teams going off, and international doulos, and shout. And, oh, there's loads of things. We're kind of, but now we're looking. Thank you, Lord, for this, but now for this. So, a sample. Anybody fancy a sample this week? Anybody prepared to go for a sample? Lord, I, I, yeah, I'll have a sample. I'm going to pray. Lord, uh, you give me a sample this week of what you mean. A sample. You know what I'd like you to do next week? I already mentioned this when, when Jeremy came. I'd like you to come... I don't mind if you just come and say, hey, this is the sample that I asked for. This is the adventure that God has kind of dropped into my heart. That's okay. The other side of it is if you ask for a sample, God gives it to you and you come and tell us what happened. Can we talk together? We need to kind of you know, express this together yeah come on let's have fun yeah anybody up for fun why did I tell you nobody in this place unless they're specially honoured is allowed to be over 40 that's the rule it's the only rule we've got in this church and of course the danger is you've not quite got the same zest for fun I talked to you last week about the crazy things we did in this journey where we hadn't made proper preparation. Do you remember I talked about coming to the car park 
uh, uh, the car lot for the rental place. I don't know how we thought we were going to complete that journey. I wouldn't do that now. I mean, I still do one or two things that are a little bit extreme. Uh, but I even think if, if, my, if my sons did things with their children that I did with them, we'd have to have words. In fact, with one of them I do. How about it? Eh? Samples? Okay. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of recognizing that you ain't done with us yet. Thank you, Lord, that in spite of all the things that we can celebrate, the ascendancy, the goodness, the power, the manifestation of your presence amongst us, we hear, Lord, that you're wanting us to move. We sense the cloud is moving. We sense, Lord, this is a time where we can step out in a new way, in a bold way, where you, by your Holy Spirit, will set certain things before us or nudge us in certain ways, both corporately and individually. And so, Lord, we're saying, yep, yeah, count us in. And let this week be a time where we take those initial steps so that we can come back and share about it in a week's time. Will you grant that, Lord? Lord, we're ready. Ready to do your bidding. We want to go with you. We sense, Lord, the moving of the cloud, and we want to follow you. And we just honour your holy name. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for all your goodness. Thank you, Lord, because your hand is upon us. Thank you, Lord, because even now, you're taking us into the next stage. And we bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Praise God.